Athletic. Hello, I'm Ian McIntosh and welcome to the Football Manager Show by The Athletic, the podcast that needs more than set pieces in its locker. On the show today, how do you turn your team of thoroughly likeable young peeps into a brutal, cynical pack of dark artists? We are, and forgive me for trying to avoid a parental warning on the podcast, talking spithousery. Yes, let's call it that. CJ Ransom is here to turn you into a massive spithouse. We've got the community challenge too. How are you getting on with Sunderland? Some of you are doing very well indeed, it must be said. And some of you, well, look, we're all here for you. This is your safe space. And of course, Alex Stewart will be in too for the weekly dose of German linkuppery. But first, let's get dirty. So, we had an email from Rowan Perriel this week, and it said, Great podcast. Brilliant to have you back for another season and beyond. Thank you very much, Rowan. A request for an episode, please. The Geg and Press episode was great, and no doubt that and Tiki Taka are very popular, but there are still some of us out here who like the dark arts. Think Mourinho. Think Simeone. Think Chiellini's pull on Saka. Too soon? Mm, no, we've got to move on. Top flight clubs rather than lower league teams playing defensively solid, robust and often dirty football. Grinding out 1-0 wins. Hated by fans of all other teams. Please do an episode for us on how to produce pure spithousery successfully in FM. Rowan, we're on the case. And we've enlisted friend of the show, CJ Ransom. CJ, hello. Hello. Happy to be back. How are you doing? Ah, very good, very good. And delighted to have you back because I think the episodes featuring you have helped so many people with the success rate on their game. So it's always a pleasure to have you here. For anyone who hasn't heard you before, though, what exactly do you do all day? So I'm a QA lead for the Match AI on the Match Engine. In simple terms, I play matches all day on Football Manager. I test all the tactics, I test all the player roles, and my job is to make sure they work as realistically as you see them in real life. So if anyone's going to know how to get Rowan through this situation, he wants an ultimate guide on how to make your team nasty um, (laughs) and difficult to beat and thoroughly disagreeable. So let's start with a base plan. What what kind of formation do you want to just sort of clog up all the space? So you want to go for one of the classics. It has to be either a 4-4-2 or a 4-5-1, I feel. Either pack the midfield or go for the two banks of four. It's the safest way to go, I reckon. And player roles with that midfield, because this, I think, is the part of the game that can alter everything so much. If you're looking for an upturned triangle of central midfielders, one defensive and two central, what, what player roles do you want here? So with what you're trying to achieve, what I love about the kind of triangle in central midfield is the player roles can change that to be a possession type, a counter-attacking type, or whichever works best for you. If you're going for more of a, a strong base where you want well teams to be afraid and they can't break through, I like to go with an anchor man in the defensive midfield position or just a standard defensive midfielder on defend duty because they really hold that position well in front of the back four. If you get someone really tall there, for instance, like one of the taller defensive midfielders or even a centre-back you can play in midfield, you can like really counter the through balls and the balls over the top that players will try and play behind you 
So what's the what's the benefit of an anchor man compared to say a ball winning midfielder that I think most people would sort of instinctively go for? Is it just that the ball winning midfielder is like a dog off the leash and an anchor man will pretty much stay in position? Exactly that. I'm glad you used that comparison actually because that's the perfect type of comparison to use. The ball winning midfielder will not leave his position but be more attracted to the ball, try and get more interceptions and cut more passing lines. Where the anchor man, one of the more solid roles, will just kind of stay in position, hold their position. I guess more similar to a Makaleli type than a Kante, for instance. When you've got team instructions, I'm guessing that there's there's some work to be done with with the lines here to to make this work. Mm-hmm. So one one of the things I've noticed people overlook when trying to build either a defensive or a counter-attack or just a solid base of a tactic is if you want your team to counter or not. So everybody wants counter-attack in football, but if you want them to hold positions, sometimes it's better to have the hold rather than counter for the transitions. So that way you're not getting caught in transition as often and your, your team are kind of holding shape. But the other team instructions off the ball are also important, kind of like get stuck in and tight marking to make sure your players are especially aggressive, even if that's not kind of in their normal makeup. It goes without saying that we want time wasting very much switched on, don't we? I genuinely think that's the most overlooked team instruction. I wouldn't say time wasting from the beginning because it will be it will be a lot of watching long goal kicks. But especially once you get a lead or myself when I play or my playthroughs, if I've got a one or two goal lead in the last 15 minutes, I'm time wasting often every time. And I think it's something a lot of people kind of overlook as a team instruction, but it does make a difference, especially late in the game. I can vouch for this. I've had two games recently, one with Sunderland and one with Schalke, mm-hmm. one where I was reduced to 10 men after five minutes and one after 30 minutes. And I've managed to salvage nil-nil draws from both. So definitely and everyone will play this game and they'll be like, right, I want I want Sunderland to be, you know, the Ajax of the Northeast. Mm-hmm. But there's there's a lot to be gained by being awful. But there's a lot to be lost, isn't there? How can you try to avoid turning this into a formation that, that just invites pressure? So if you look at some of the template tactics, such as Park the Bus, that's a good example. Um, that's not one that I would use for the full 90 minutes because it would just invite too much pressure onto you. So you want something closer to the direct counter-attack or the fluid counter-attack ones where you have players in wide positions that you can use as outballs or you have a striker that you can either play off as a target man or use as a outball to get in behind. So making sure you have at least three or four support or attack roles, especially in midfield and not only in attack, to kind of link the play, as long as you, as well as having the balance of the defensive players, it's really key. Otherwise, you'll notice you just have too many players behind the ball, can see too many shots, and eventually that pressure will usually lead to goals. Now, does all of this make us bad people trying to play the game like this? Nah, not not at all. Uh, apart from maybe, I'd say, the Pep Barcelona team of recent years, almost all successful teams are solid defensively and they don't concede a lot of goals and that's just kind of how football is. So I, I think you can appreciate both sides of the game. And you know what they say, you can never lose a match if you don't concede a goal. So that's a good mentality to go into it with. Uh, once upon a time, I interviewed Ron Chopper Harris, the Chelsea legend, and he talked about the um, FA Cup final against Leeds, where they identified Eddie Gray as uh, as the biggest threat. And Ron Chopper-Harris took great delight in explaining how he kicked him really hard in the first couple of minutes and he never did another thing. And Chelsea won the cup. And that's the only thing you see in the history books is that Chelsea won the cup. So your conscience is clear. 
<laughs> All right, that's bit housery for you. It's good to be bad. But what else can we help you with? Are you trying to build a new club from scratch? Are you bouncing back from relegation? Do you want to build your own La Masia in the southwest of England? Be like Rowan. Get your questions in. Email me on imacintosh at theathletic.com or find me on Twitter at Ian underscore games or even just in the comments box on The Athletic. CJ, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Really enjoyed it again. Um, hopefully be back soon. Coming up next, Sunderland. The Football Manager Show Community Challenge. Oh boy, the Community Challenge has begun and you'll be pleased to know that you've made a visible dent in Sports Interactive's numbers. Seriously, we, we spoke to Tom Davidson this week. They can see who's managing who and loads more people are managing Sunderland this month apparently. So let's see how they're doing. Producer Steve, we've had one or two messages, haven't we? Just a few. I did think when we started this, we didn't know what sort of chaos we'd be unleashing. And that has very much proven to be the case here. But more importantly, Ian, how are things going with yourself, first of all? Well, it started well. I, I had my 4-4-2, you know, get it up to the big man plan. And I was beating everyone 4-5-6-0. So I thought, God, I've, I've cracked the game. But <laughs> you know how this bastard game is. It <laughs> always turns on you. And it started to slide. And the worst bastard thing happened i got all the way through a really difficult november with injury crises international players being called away and then i saved it and i noticed at the t like about two hours later i looked at the computer and it had a crash warning and i was like oh well it's just crashed after saving no no it crashed while saving oh, so no. now i have to and i got through that november without any serious damage being done i was still tucked in i was so proud of myself and now i've got to go back so i'm basically in the second week of november crying my eyes out having to live that again is an absolute nightmare oh yeah i mean it's it's not like i i ripped the doors off and i did really really well but i did well enough that it was like okay well i'm nearly at the transfer window now because that's the big mistake that i've made i i decided to give this squad a chance and and that was stupid i should never have given this lot a chance but no look, enough about my misery how's everyone else doing <laughs> well so we've had obviously a stream of messages through so thanks to everyone who has written an email in, in messaging via twitter and various other places just a selection here and the first one up is tom lyon so here's a shot he's really really shot ahead i should say and he's finished the season which i did mention the rules did need to be adhered to so we could we could sort of penalize but then do we penalize for enthusiasm ian Really? I don't think we, I don't think we can. I, I think it's more of a guideline, though it would be funny to punitively relegate him somehow. <laughs> just, just as an example to the others. I wonder if we could have the power, like he opens his game up and all of a sudden it's, he's been relegated, like he's got like an EFL sanction for something. We, we should email Tom at Sports yeah. Interactive. I reckon they could probably do that. That'd be funny, wouldn't it? But we won't do that, Tom. As I say, we won't penalise enthusiasm. But anyway, he's finished the season and he has some advice for us, having had that chance to reflect. And he says, you've got to get rid of the guff, which is a good yep. word, by the way. Have more guff, please. So anyway, Tom continues, the starting squad just isn't good enough. So they got cleared out. It was brutal, but no one complained. And Tom continues to say that in a nod to Alex's moneyball approach, not the bit where he doesn't buy in on at the start, obviously, all the high earners have gone as they weren't providing value. So obviously moving on those high earners freed up a lot of his budget. And he started with around 400k, which is that's a lot in that context, right? He, at this point, only has four players earning over five grand a week. And one of them is silver on loan. Doesn't specify which silver, though. So let's just say David Silver for the sake of argument. And do correct us if that's not the person you're talking about, Tom. 
he's obviously yeah, still hell of a signing. Hell of a signing, David Silva, for 5k a week, right? Obviously, at the end of his season, he's still got 20k per week under the budget of 165k per week. So he's really tightened the purse strings, use that money ball approach. And how do you think he's done with this? Well, he's only gone and won the league. He's, oh, got, he's, he's promoted, yeah. got promoted, won the league, saved lots of money as well. So well done, well Tom. Well done, Tom. Yeah. Well done, Tom. Any, anyone else Anyone else won the league? Who else has done well? Well, Mike Goodman writes, big fan of the pod and the Bundesliga Challenge. There you go. I'm sure you and Alex will be very happy to hear that. Always. And he's delighted the pod is back. So thank you, Mike. Thank you very much for the kind words. And Mike continues to say, I've also taken on the perilous FM Sunderland Challenge and a challenge it has been. Given the reputation Sunderland have on the game, I've decided to give it my best go. Tactically, it's a little boring and predictable playing 4-2-3-1, but I've tried a 4-3-3 and a 4-1-2-1-2 to limit his success. And to be honest, he's done very well because he's another one who's roared off and finished the season. Country's gone to the dogs. <laughs> but anyway, he roared off and he also won the league. So it's Tom Atkins, right? So he hasn't finished the season yet, but he is top. And to reach this point, he's opted for a balanced, extremely high-tempo gegenpress in a 4-2-3-1, which results in lots of goals but can be vulnerable on the counter-attack against teams with pace. Uh, controversially, he's not trained a second tactic, which is, is interesting, as instead of changing tactics, he, I much prefer shouting at the players and demanding more before substituting on a striker. I also don't think these players are good enough to do two things, which is, it, it, that's an interesting point, actually, at that level, is it? Is it actually, is there any point if you don't feel like they can switch to a back three? I'm, I'm fairly sure they're not good enough to do one thing, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, absolutely. Don't overcomplicate. Exactly. Justin Cox has written in, he signed Billy Gilmore on loan and is currently fourth. Obviously, Billy Gilmore is one of those that now we know after what he did at the Euros of Scotland and it's a very good signing for Norwich's on loan as well for the upcoming season. So that's obviously quite a canny one to get in 2020 because he's, he's lesser known about. So well done on that particular signing there, Justin. Jasek the Mighty White is third and loving the work of Jack Diamond. James Flatterty is also third, playing controlled possession football. Does sound like an accident waiting to happen, but so far he is making it work. And Robbie Scherer, who was true to his promise and sent us a picture of his dog, Winnie. And he's also flying, absolutely flying. And Winnie, as his assistant manager dog, doing very well. So congrats to both of you there so far. EFL Matt got sacked very quickly, but he took it like a gentleman and sends his best to everyone, which is nice. You know, they're sort of like, good game, good game. Um, it can't all be title winning. It's a good man, AFL, Matt. It's got class. <laughs> so this final one, Eden Bear is also out as well. So he was sacked for being seventh, but he didn't tell us this. His friend uh, Liam Geraghty dobbed him in. Liam is top, incidentally, by the way. Uh, they've been playing together, and so Eden was sacked, and obviously Liam's doing very well. So Liam thought he'd share with us that Eden's gone. So commiserations to, to you, Eden. And Liam, we'll see what karma does for you in this game. <laughs> <laughs> And a special mention, too, to Justin Taylor, who looked done for in October when he was in the bottom half, but has somehow turned it round and has dragged the Black Cats back to second. Lovely stuff. I wish we could mention everyone, but uh, as, as you say, we've had such a crazy response. So apologies if you're one of the many, many people we couldn't squeeze in. If you're not doing very well, don't worry, because you're far from the only one. We did a poll on Twitter this week to find out how it was going after the first week. 30% of you had already been sacked. Um, another 20% were in mid-table and in a lot of trouble. So basically, slightly more than half of you are struggling with this. 
just 22.6% of you are in the promotion places. And remember, this is an online survey. Sometimes people lie. Sometimes people don't admit to doing very badly. I'd say the real numbers are probably much higher than 30% for those who've already been sacked. If you do get sacked, feel free to start again. And if you want some more information, if you go onto The Athletic and, and search either for Ian McIntosh or, or gaming or, or the pinned article on my Twitter account, it's a, a special guide to starting this challenge with information from people who've been before and a few tips. So if you have bowed out early, why not have a, have a second crack at it? And if you are still playing, you'll want to be listening next week. You all know Ali Maxwell, right? Sky Sports EFL expert, host of Not The Top 20. Well, he's playing this and he's doing really, really well. So listen next week. We'll get him on and get him to share his secrets. Now, you might recall that I promised prizes for creativity in this challenge. Uh, let's be clear, that's not prizes for success, just for presentation and storytelling. So who's the winner this week? It's Neil Abbott, uh, better known as Shaky McShakes on Twitter, and his WordPress blog, Dwells on the Ball, is brilliant. A really great read, really brings it all to life, and, uh, and so have we. Here's a bit of his writing, as performed by the Football Manager Show Performing Arts Group. I've got you an offer. My ever-enthusiastic agent barked down the phone. <laughs> Reserved excitement. Really? Great. Who? It's an ex-Premier League side. Hmm. Goosebumps. Really? Brilliant. Who? It's a sleeping giant of a club. Oh, my God. My palms are sweating. The wife's going to be chuffed. That's unbelievable. I, I can't wait to interview. Which club? It's a 49,000-seater stadium. Oh, God, I spent a fortune on those coaching badges. I knew it would pay off. Fuck's sake, who is it? It's Sunderland. God, I wish we had time to do the whole thing. Check that out. It's Neil Abbott, Shaky McShakes on Twitter, and the WordPress blog you're looking for is Dwells on the Ball. What did he win? Well, an excellent book about an excellent manager who also revived the struggling giant, although they weren't Sunderland levels of struggling. He's got a copy of Rafa Honigstein's Jurgen Klopp book, and we'll get that out to you next week when I'm actually allowed back in the office. Okay. To the mailbag, where the Sunderland thing continues, from Stefan Gibman. So he's not doing the community challenge, as he started a Sunderland save on release day, but wanted to reassure people and, and let them know that it could be done. He did five seasons, won back-to-back -back promotions, three years in the Premier League, and in that third season in the Premier League, he qualified for the Europa League. said it hasn't been easy, there's a lot of wheeling and dealing, but he really feels like he's achieved something. So just wanted to say good luck to everyone doing the community challenge, which is a lovely thing to say. Who else have we got, Steve? So we have Steve Endersby, who says, help me, Ian. Oh, God. I'm managing Tottenham, which could be the main issue, to be honest. But um, And after a bad first season, um, uh, we've been decent for three years, finishing in the top four each season and even winning a League Cup. So a bit of silverware. Steve continues to say, I have what, to me, seems like a fantastic squad that should be able to challenge for the title, but we always come up short. And it's mainly down to away form against top half teams. 
I haven't tended to change the tactics much and generally play a front foot, high pressing, aggressive 4-3-2-1 Christmas tree or a 4-4-2 diamond. What kind of changes could I make to turn a few away draws into wins and tight losses into draws? Well, Steve, what an episode to write into. Hopefully, you've just taken in a whole load of information about spithousery and how you can make yourself difficult to beat. But if that isn't enough, one thing that has worked for me with Schalke in the past is suddenly reverting to a back three with a couple of, if not defensive midfielders, than than not um, aggressive midfielders, just to clog up space. If you're constantly on the front foot and pressing high and being aggressive, you're going to leave loads of gaps behind you. And when you do that away at big clubs, you're going to get punished more often than not. So it's worth just having that third tactical slot set up there for a proper park the bus, play for set pieces, put a couple of quick guys in there, work on your set pieces, get your goalkeeper to kick it long, all of that sort of thing. So have a crack with that and uh, let us know how it goes. Elsewhere in the mailbag, we've got Kieran Wells, a relatively new listener, not yet started the Community Challenge, but listening last week, he was surprised to hear that I'd done a game with Balor because he thought he was the only person to have picked this team that no one has ever heard of. He took over after getting sacked at Halifax and Billericay. I love it when people do this. Like a lot of people just quit when they get sacked and they just start again, but he's he's carried on plugging away. He ended up ending the reign of TNS, winning two league titles, and inexplicably, and this is Balor, qualifying for the Champions League group stage. Absolutely outstanding. He left that job after a few years to take over at Nottingham Forest. That's a proper football manager career story, that. Isn't it just? Like, properly just being the flotsam and jetsam in the sort of, like, storm that is football manager and just not being like, oh, I'm going to start a new one. That was very evocative. Flotsam and jetsam. You're raising the standards here. Uh, well, you know, sometimes it's uh, sort of 19th century <laughs> words. <laughs> I'll try and make more and more obscure metaphors as we go through that. Have we got time for one more? Yes, we do. And it's going to be from Chris Nichols, who has a few questions for us, really. Question number one is, upon starting the game, why do the fixtures not match real life fixtures for the first season? They're announced in July, so there's plenty of time to include them when the game is released. Now, Ian, I believe you do have the solution for that one. Yeah, this is a really simple one. You just have to select real fixtures. It's possible that you might have turned it off. I don't think it works on every single league, but certainly in the Football League, when you're with Sunderland, you'll notice from the screenshots on Twitter that uh, that we're all getting the same fixtures in the same way. So uh, have a look before you set up the game and you should be able to sort that out. Perfect. So the second question that Chris has is uh, sometimes when playing and my team is doing well and winning, I then save the game and play it later. Upon recommencing, the team doesn't play as well or score as many goals. It seems saving affects the fluidity of the team. And he asked why, but it's got three question marks. So it feels more like a, <laughs> why? So what do you think about that one? Well, we take no chances here and we check everything. Uh, we did go to Sports Interactive and ask about this. They said that is not a thing. It's <laughs> the, 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 There is no effect on when you save the game. It doesn't alter things going forward. So I think we have to file this under my... Um, issue that I had a few years ago with the game where I genuinely believed if I checked the live league table while I was winning, the game would punish me for my presumption. <laughs> and I would always concede an equaliser, particularly in the last five minutes. Check that one out as well. That's not a real thing. Um, so I'm afraid it's just inconsistency, Chris. 
Just a bit of your imagination, really, Chris. Exactly. Now, if you've got any questions like Chris, or if you just want to get in touch and tell us something fascinating, do so. My inbox is always open. It's imacintosh at theathletic.com. And you can get me on Twitter, which is at Ian underscore games. And that's Ian with two eyes. The Football Manager Show Bundesliga Challenge. Alex Stewart. An emotional week last week. Um, I should just say we're about to talk about the FM Bundesliga Challenge, which will be published on July 23rd, which is Friday. So if you prefer reading it first and you don't want the spoilers, switch off right now. Um, Alex, how are you? I'm all right. Um, I'm, I'm relatively upbeat insofar as I'm ever relatively upbeat. And I, and I want to thank you because you kind of coaxed me through this period um, obviously, last month was a bit of a disaster—a disaster that you started um, by beating me three-one. <laughs> um, but then, you know, going through the numbers and and you watching that first performance uh, of of this month, you kept saying to me, "There's no problem. There's no systemic issue. Stick with it. Just have faith." And that's what I did, and it's been fine. Oh, well, you know, if anyone knows about having it all go horribly wrong on Football Manager, that, that is definitely my area of expertise. <laughs> you turned it around. Tell me how you turned it around results-wise. So I, I've had this. I, I bought Elias Abu Chabaka from the Portuguese League, who's a, a, a young German playmaker, and he's really, really good. And I think part of the issue was trying to integrate him as a deep-line playmaker, and that robbed my midfield of the dynamism that was so important in that 4-2-4 system. So I've gone back to actually playing him on the, the left-hand side as a kind of inside forward. Reverted to the Clinton Moller, Fabian Nürnberger, really dynamic, really aggressive midfield pivot. And that seems to have reinvigorated the side. So that formation needs that kind of energy and cover in midfield, otherwise it doesn't work. So maybe I've lost a bit of creativity through the middle, but in transition, we're much more effective. We're snapping away. We're winning the ball a lot better. So I think it's that. I mean, there are selection problems now. It means that I've, I'm trying to fit, fit three strikers into two positions. I don't really know who to drop because Gonzalez is great, but he's not in as good form as um, Kalasic and Arezzo. But yeah, otherwise, everything seems to be back to normal. So really, what I did was not change it an awful lot or revert back to how it was before. There's only 10 games left and you're in with a chance of a Champions League place. Given that you started with Stuttgart as a newly promoted team, last season wasn't particularly pleasant. You managed to get out of relegation right towards the end. This must go down as one of your better achievements in the game. Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's uh, one of the things that I look at particularly is because of the way I play football manager, um, transfer business is really important. And I think I can I can look at the signings that I made in the summer and say that they've been an unqualified success. Per Scherz in defence, Rodriguez in defence, Nürnberger in midfield and Arezzo up front have all been absolutely great. So that's really good. That's encouraged me because it means that I'm buying players of the right sort of profile and they're coming in and doing well. We do have a horrible month next month uh, for fixtures. And I <laughs> I think... I think your your end of the season and my next month are kind of roughly congruent in how difficult they are. So it's going to be it's going to be make or break in the next 
instalment because if that goes well if we can get i don't know maybe four points out of the available nine then we could still could still qualify it's the table is set up so that basically one two three are pretty much uncatchable for me but but four to six is a real well I, I i sincerely hope i sincerely hope that you're right i'm not taking anything anything for granted anyone who's been reading will have seen that schalke have basically been three points off by munich in second place for most of the season but it's getting harder and harder we've got a thin squad it's not a very good squad and uh, as you've alluded to there we finished the season with borussia dortmund and Bayern munich as our last two fixtures so i honestly i think i'd be more than happy with third but but you've sorted out <clears throat> well you think you've sorted out your away form because that's been your your real issue your Achilles heel has been going away from home and and giving up points when you shouldn't necessarily so i don't know maybe yeah, your adaptation I mean, we, will help that i don't know it it feels like a sticking plaster we usually play a 4-3-3 positive fluid counter attack and uh, as you say We've we've won twelve and drawn two from our home games, but we've only won four away. So I've gone back to that flat back three that just seeks to just stop the other team having any chances. I don't know if that's going to be enough to um, to haul in Bayern, but I think it might be enough to stop fourth and fifth hauling me in. Who knows? You find out by uh, getting on the Athletic. It's the FM Bundesliga Challenge currently going through threading them all together by the way so it, it makes it slightly easier to read um uh, get on there and let us know what you think alex stewart thank you very much thank you very much that was the football manager show by the athletic remember if you're enjoying it subscribe so you don't miss an episode give it a rating maybe a review tell your friends your producer today was Steve Hankey. Your guests were CJ Ransom of Sports Interactive and Alex Stewart of Patifo. And I am still Ian McIntosh. The Athletic.